When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. Bill's Mafia. Don Brown. Yeah. It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the bills. It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the bills. It's the mafia, I'm with the Buffalo Bills. It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the bills. Hey, who you repping? What's your team? Who you repping? What's your team? Bills Mafia, what is up? And welcome in to the podcast. But it is not just a podcast today. We are live on YouTube. This is the Bills Brawl, the process show. And I am your host, Charlie Gross, co-host EJ Daniels. EJ, how are you doing on this free agent frenzy extravaganza Wednesday special thing? I'm doing great, man. It's, it's <laughs> a great day when you get to you know have a conversation and talk to the Bills Mafia, and then there's a lot going on in free agency. So that's always that's always a great thing for a football junkie like myself. That's right. Things were going crazy. A little weird at first on the first day, and then things started going crazy, and, and now the signings are coming all over the place. Uh, we got some stuff for the Bills to talk about. We have got some stuff for other people like the Patriots, all that kind of stuff. But let's be honest. The news I think that everyone wants to talk about when it comes to free agency and the Buffalo Bills is just when you thought it was safe to buy a Corey Bohorquez jersey. <laughs> <laughs> they kicked that guy to the curb, man. And they signed Matt Hawk from the Miami Dolphins. And I am I gotta tell you, I'm disappointed. I, I am. It's like Corey Bohorquez was like a, a fan favorite. And that's a, and that's the thing with Bill's Mafia. They have players that are like fan favorites. And you know what? Corey Bjorquez was like expendable because he really didn't even punt like that. Honestly, but Bills was scoring almost every drive. I mean, essentially almost every drive this year. So he wasn't really punting like that. So why not go and get a cheaper punter if you're not even really punting like that? Yeah, I, I understand like why they did it when I looked at the the stats and stuff. But I think the one thing that was really redeeming about Corey B was his ability, man, to just hit those rockets, you know, really kind of. Uh, flip the field for the Bills, you know, and and I understand that that Hawks a little better with the the touchbacks and all that stuff, but man, Corey B, man, was was uh, booming those kicks, and just when I had gotten, well, not me personally, I guess Corey B himself had gotten all the haters, all the podcast community haters, to come around, they get rid of him and kick him to the curb. Disappointing to say the least, but anyway, no one really wants to talk about the punter. Yeah, 
I, so, I, I just want to say, though, before you move on, he was PFF's high, uh, 13th highest graded punter, though. So I'll throw that in there. And that's pretty good. Punter yeah. grade of a 70. And that's a, that's actually top notch. So it's a good punter. So we're looking for a Zach Ertz trade. Uh, I think that's what we're kind of all looking for right now to add to what the Bills have already done which is re-sign Matt Milano, re-sign Darrell Williams, re-sign John Feliciano, cut Quentin Jefferson, cut John Brown, do a couple restructures, sign Emmanuel Sanders, which we'll get to in a second, and they managed to trade Lee Smith. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know. (laughs) I mean, this is a guy who was going to retire, and then they just trade. I mean, I, I don't know. I guess... You know, I don't know what I mean. It's probably like a seventh round pick or something, right? I mean, nothing. Yeah, that's crazy. what it is. Yep, seventh round. Yeah, I so. mean, listen, that was a another shrewd mean shrewd move by Wizard Bean, man. Getting a, a player that's going to retire for a seventh round pick, and hey, you never know, a seventh round pick may be as good as Tom Brady. So it, that's, it's a great. That's move. true. You, you know what I mean? Like the uncertainty. I'd rather have yeah. the uncertainty around the pick than the the certainty of him retiring. You know what I mean? Like it's just <laughs> it's a great move. Right. I mean, Brandon Bean's done that. He he did that, obviously, to the, the Patriots. I think the Marshall Newhouse trade. Uh, he's traded a few offensive linemen. Obviously, the Wyatt Teller thing maybe didn't work out exactly, in hindsight, the greatest. But, you know, it got us some draft picks. Whatever. Not going to worry about it. So let's talk about Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, this is a guy mm-hmm. they cut John Brown, lost probably a little bit of speed. But I, I think they got probably the better overall uh, wide receiver. What are your thoughts? This tournament season, take care of your hair and holes with the best tools for the job. We're talking about our sponsors, Manscaped, the global leaders in male grooming from head to toe. When the clock winds down in March, be clutch and avoid the upset with the Manscaped performance package to keep all your hair and holes tamed. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the Manscaped movement and start taking care of your balls today with 20% off and free shipping by going to manscaped.com and using code BRAWL for our exclusive offer. Your bracket isn't supposed to be perfect, but with the Manscaped Performance Package, you can be confident that your nose, ear, and ball pubes are. The Manscaped Performance Package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle and number one overall seed this season. Included in this package is the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. It provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. Look, fellas, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff. Why not use the best tools for the job here? This amazing bundle also includes the Lawnmower 3.0 Trimmer, the best trimmer on the market for your balls, butt, and body. It checks every box for a Final Four run. Let's not forget their famous liquid formulations, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner to maximize your ball hygiene routine and keep you fresh, ready for anything. Get the performance package now to receive their two free gift, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Another favorite of mine are their Crop Mop Wipes, cool and refreshing ball button body wipes for peak male hygiene and extra care where it matters most. Your purchase goes towards a good cause because they partnered with the GOAT, Alex Caruso, and the Testicular Cancer Society to bring awareness to testicular cancer, men's health, and early cancer detection. Manscaped is committed to raising awareness for the most common 
common form of cancer in men aged 15 to 35 and giving support to fighters, survivors, and families impacted by testicular cancer as part of their We Save Balls initiative. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BRAWL at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code BRAWL. When things get hairy, make sure to call on Manscaped in clutch time. Yeah, signing Emmanuel Sanders was a great move. He, he is 34, or he turned 34 today, actually. Today is his birthday. Um, he turned 34, but one thing we know about Emmanuel Sanders, man, that guy can run his routes like a dog, man. Like, he has that attention to detail that you look for in an older wide receiver, and he's only going to help Josh. Buffalo has shown in the past couple years that they have loved to sign receivers that just can create separation and you can never have too many of these guys these guys that can just go out and create separation you don't have to be and i was trying to explain this to somebody else the other day you know you don't have to be super fast to create separation you just got to be able to have the detail to run your routes and get out of those routes efficiently right. you know and that's what uh emmanuel sanders brings to this this offense so you got gabe davis Diggs, beasley you know i just named three of the highest you know separators you know in the nfl and uh, he also came off of a year where he was playing with Drew Brees, not at 100%, but he was playing with Drew Brees, and he put up pretty decent numbers. So this signing for, what was it, one mil, uh, six, was it for one year, six mil, yeah. 500K in incentives. So I think that's a perfect deal, you know, for him at a, at a guy that's 34 who still has some left in the tank. You're not asking him to be the number two. You're just asking him to make plays when he's called upon, and I think he can do that. Yeah, I mean, the Bills, I think it's it's not crazy to say they have – three of the top 10, 12 route runners in the league. Mm-hmm. And then, you you know, you throw in Gabe Davis, who who certainly is good along the sideline. You know, there's some things he needs to work on. We, I think we've talked about that a little bit. But certainly a guy who, who adds something. He's probably the best number four receiver in the league, I'd say. You throw in, you know, Dawson Knox developing. Maybe they get Zach Ertz, which we mentioned. Who knows? But, I mean, and this is a guy, too. I mean, this is a guy who's played a lot of playoffs games. He's won a Super Bowl. He's played with great quarterbacks, and I think that that's going to help Josh as well. This is a guy who played with Peyton Manning. He played with Ben Roethlisberger. He's played for, you know, Kyle Shanahan. I mean, this is like a guy who's got a lot of experience, playoffs with good offensive coaches, and I think that's something that we can't uh, underemphasize. Yes, he. I was going to mention that too in, in my last segment. That I was definitely going to mention that he played with Peyton Manning. He's played with Ben Roethlisberger. He's played with Drew Brees. Like he's played with great quarterbacks, so he knows what to do. He knows what's expected of him, and he will make the tough catches. He will be there as a security blanket for Josh. And again, this is just Buffalo. You know, adding weapons again. Uh, he graded out as a seventy-four point six for PFF. You know, and also a seventy-four point nine for his receiving grade for basically for his route running. So I mean, he still has some left in the tank at thirty-four. Um, honestly, if I'm being honest with myself, I think he's an upgrade over John Brown. Like you say, don't have the top end speed like John Brown, but what he doesn't have in speed anymore, he has in uh, clutch catches, tenacity, savvy, and he'll help Josh. And I, and I, and I like this move. It's another great move by Brandon Bean. So let's talk a little bit about tight ends. Let's stay on the offensive side of the ball. I know you were big on Gerald Everett. He's gone. Mm-hmm. So what's your thoughts about a potential Zach Ertz trade? Yeah, I was on the the Gerald Everett train. That was the one player, you know, that watching the Rams that was just very underutilized. And if he got more opportunities, he probably could have been that number one tight end for him. But, you know, it is what it is. And I thought it would have been perfect for Buffalo to give him a one year because he got a one year 
uh, $6 million deal, $7 million deal, but a $6 million guarantee. And I think that would have been perfect for the Bills because it wouldn't have basically costed them anything. But they would have got high-end production for one year. But, you know, a potential trade for Zach Ertz, it would definitely take this offense to another level. Um, Zach Ertz, that, but that's if Zach Ertz is healthy. And that's been Zach Ertz's biggest problem the past couple years is that, you know, besides the lack of consistency from Carson Wentz and the lack of consistency from the offensive line due to injuries, you know, he's been hurt himself. You know, he was up there, talked about as some of the best tight ends in the league, maybe top five, arguably. But, you know, when you get hit by the injury bug, your quarterback gets hit by the injury bug, and you also have a bad offensive line, it's going to be tough for you to produce on a per-snap basis. And that's kind of what I think happened to Ertz. So I think if he could come here, first and foremost, get healthy, then secondly, create a rapport with Josh, I think he could be an asset and a cog to not only Josh Allen in the offense, but to Dawson Knox, the tight end that will be alongside of him, show him how to run routes, show him what it takes to be a great tight end, give him the ins and outs. I mean, these guys, they talk and they know it from a player's perspective what it takes to be consistent on a per-snap, per-game basis. So he would have helped in that aspect, and if they are able to pull this trade off, I would really like it. Yeah, I think that that the Eagles just kind of fell apart. And in the, the situation there, listening to some of the podcasts from Philadelphia, the whole situation while Doug Peterson was there was so bizarre. Like they had Frank Reich do like third down play, play calling and play scheming. And they had some other guy for the red zone and Doug Peterson like didn't really do much of that. And just a really a lot of weird dynamics going on behind the scenes and, once Frank Reich left, Carson Wentz, you know, just really wasn't himself. I, I, himself, I guess, is, you know, a bit strong. But they just fell apart. And, yeah, when you're a receiver on that team and, and all those things happen that you mentioned, how how is your production going to stay at the level it was at? I, I mean, I say this all the time, and it sounds obvious, but receiver production is, is predicated on quarterback play. It's a symbiotic mm-hmm. relationship. You know, people say all the time, well, how come this guy doesn't have more targets? Whatever the case may be. It's like, well, I, I mean, because the quarterback didn't throw him the ball more. I mean, I understand he's got to catch it and run, but you can't have more catches than you had targets. And so a guy like Ertz, right, he's hurt. You know, maybe you think he's he's washed up, but that's because the offense, like you said, it was crappy that, mm-hmm. he, that he played in eventually. So good for the team. Certainly if you're getting the rela- the leadership of Lee Smith out, and the leadership of Zach Ertz in, I think that that's a win. Yeah. And um, I was just on a podcast uh, Monday with uh, Mookie Hawkins, and he was talking about, like, how underrated, you know, Lee Smith's and anybody in the Bills locker room who's viewed as a leader, like that leadership, like how underrated that is for people's development. Because we had a um, conversation about, you know, the backup quarterback and Barkley, and I was asked a question of whether I feel like this is just to correlate the two points. This is yeah. they're asking me about – um. Matt Barkley and like do I feel comfortable with him and it's just like Mookie was saying like well Josh is comfortable with him and the coaching staff is comfortable with him and the locker room is comfortable right. with him so if they're that comfortable with him and bring us another guy in wouldn't be the best move for the locker room maybe you could get a better guy and he'll be good on the field but since they're comfortable with him in the locker room that will translate to the field and that's the same thing I'm saying about Lee Smith you know he may not have been the biggest contributor you know what I mean? But he was great for the locker room. And then since right. he was great for the locker room, he was great for everyone else on the field. So that will definitely be, be, be missed. And Zach Ertz is going to have to earn his stripes on this team, just like anybody else that's coming up from the outside. You see, like, a lot of players that Buffalo has re-signed, 
of their own wants to stay here because they have cultivated a culture and they want to, you know, see it through to win a Super Bowl. They are one game away. So I don't see why they wouldn't leave. But, you know, people are taking cheaper deals, you know, to stay and to try to win. And Lee Smith was, I don't want to even say a solid addition, but, I mean, he was a a locker room addition that helped. You know, he'll be missed in the locker room. But, I mean, they can get better. They got a seventh-round pick for it, which I think is more than fair compensation. So his presence will definitely be missed. You mentioned the resignings, and I I don't know (laughs) – I don't know. I saw you were carrying the water uh, on the running back conversation there for a Always. while. Always. And, and I had quite the adventure on Twitter myself with the mafia uh, about the John Feliciano and Matt Milano signings. I think I had a 14 hour running. Okay. Round two, name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Battle. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> because I said I, I did not like the Matt Milano resigning and I did not like the John Feliciano resigning and, and that kind of took up my weekend, uh, which yeah. is, which is fine. What are your thoughts? Because my, my, my context, and, and this is something you and I talk about is I was like, okay, they're going to run it back. Great. Yeah. Like, that's not what I want. I don't want them to run it back. Like I, I want different stuff. Yeah. Not everything different, but some stuff different. So what's your thoughts about that? And see, this is goes back to my point about the locker room. You know what I mean? Like, they have cultivated. Milano is a guy that was drafted by the Bills, and this is all he knows is Buffalo. You know, and he took less money to stay and to try to win a championship and run it back. Now, I said this on our last podcast, but I'm going to say it again that we're now that we're live, and I hope people are listening to me. Players only see an average of 68% of their total contract. There is an article that I read by – PFF's Brad Spielberg that breaks down how contracts work. And this is going to my point about both signings. So it, it says that, you know, a player may reportedly sign for a hundred mil, but he will only see 68% of it. All that matters is the guaranteed money. That right. is literally all that matters is the guaranteed money, the money you will get at the time you sign your contract. So in Milano and in Feliciano's case, Milano signed a deal for four years, 41 and a half mil, and that's 10.38 million APY, right? So his contract is very incentive laden, meaning that he has to earn the extra money that he is going to see in that contract. He got... I think it was like 24 mil guaranteed. I think that's what he got. I think that's, yeah, I think that's what it was. Yeah, he got 24 mil guaranteed. So that other portion of his contract, all he has to earn. So he has to make the Pro Bowl. He has to stay on the field a bunch of uh, more times in his contract. He has to make all pro, like whatever incentives they laid in there, he has to meet those. And it's a high probability that he might not meet all of those. So Buffalo can recoup some of that money that's in that, you know, and it goes back to Buffalo. It doesn't count against him just because you sign for a number that doesn't mean you're going to see that whole number and that's going to feliciano also he got three years 17 mil i don't remember i don't remember how much he got uh as a guarantee yeah i don't remember either i'm not sure yeah but you know he he probably won't see all of that 17 mil so 
to bring both points together, I mean, research what these these contracts, research what Brandon Bean did. He made a lot of their contracts incentive-laden, incentive-laden because he wants them to earn their money. And if you were as good as you say you are, like Feliciano was going on and on about how he didn't give up a sack or something like that, you know, like go and earn your money. Earn your 17 mil. And, and Brandon Bean has done it. And that's just a testament to what I've been saying you know, at the beginning that Brandon Bean is a wizard when it comes to these contracts, when it comes to these signings of just putting them in a way where they're fair and they're also what's best for the Buffalo Bills. And so with John Feliciano and Matt Milano signing, I love both the signings because it wasn't too much. And most of their contracts are all incentive based and they have to go out and earn their money. Want to get in on the action? Thanks to our partnership with DraftKings, new users can play free fantasy sports with a first-time deposit. Here's how it works. Create your new DraftKings DFS account, play free fantasy sports with your first-time deposit, compete against others and rack up points as you compete for first place. Enter now. This offer won't be around forever. Just go to dkng.co slash brawl to get these rewards. That's dkng.co slash brawl. Act quickly. This won't be around forever. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Yeah, I mean, my thing was is I understand why they did it. And at the beginning of the year, I was totally on board with Milano. I, I thought that they almost had to re-sign him because we always talk about process. And he's a fifth-round pick worked himself into the lineup, was playing at a high level, that's process. So to me, with your mention of the locker room, I look at it as like they almost had to sign him. Then this year went on, you know, got hurt again. And my point, I guess, is I I understand. I'm not even like upset about the contract. I just think that like the skill set with Milano, you can get it in the draft. Feliciano's like an average guard. Like I understand like they played better a little bit when he was in, but that doesn't mean that he's, you know, Quentin Nelson. It just means that he was better than whoever else was there. So I I want the, I just wanted those positions upgraded. I was a little worried about Matt Milano's injuries, but I I understand the bills perspective and why they did it. Like I, I get that. I'm just saying in my personal opinion, I didn't want them to, but, but I, I get it. And your point about guarantees, it's not even it's not even that anymore. I mean, that's the thing to say, right? It's only the guaranteed money. Well, look at Kyle Van Noy from Miami. Like, they cut him, and they were able to avoid $10 million in guarantees because they cut him. So it's not even guaranteed money anymore because a lot of it is, okay, well, his 2023 salary is going to re- guarantee on April 1st in 2022. And if you cut him before then, that money doesn't become, you know, it's not guaranteed. So... Right. I mean, these guys won't see all that money probably. Uh, but I just wanted your thoughts because, like I said, I had this very long <laughs> uh, yeah. battle. It's just, it's just about explaining stuff to Bill's Mafia. I figured out this week that a lot of people in the Bill's Mafia, and I love you guys, and I tell you guys all the time, I love the Bill's Mafia. But a lot of you guys don't watch tape, and you guys don't do a lot of research. And I don't mean that disrespectfully. I mean right. that as in, like, you guys should. Do your do, yeah. I mean, there's so many resources that you guys can use over the cap, uh, spot track, like where you can see players' whole salary breakdowns, how much they're gonna get, uh, how much they count against the cap. Like you guys, if this is your favorite team, I would want to know everything about my team. Follow the Bills Wire, like any of these guys that will help you guys understand what's going on with your favorite players. So 
I would encourage Bills Mafia to do more research on these players' contracts, what they're getting, how they kind of get the cap. Do your research. That is my biggest thing with Bills Mafia is too many times the mafia is enamored with the people, with the actual people. Right. Not the, not not their play on the field. You're you're enamored with them as people. Like you guys love Trey White. You guys love Isaiah McKenzie as characters and people, and that supersedes everything else. And it's just like again, as I made the 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 comparison with John Brown, you guys rather see John Brown not on this team, and y'all rather see the Bills in the Super Bowl. I promise you that. So, yeah, and I, it's, that's it's, all I'm asking. It's funny that you mentioned that because I was on with built the built and Buffalo guys last night. And there were some people kind of, you know, coming at me because I did my whole mm-hmm. Matt Milano thing and yeah. and that kind of thing. And and that's kind of a point I tried to emphasize. And I after I got off that, I, I actually talked to my wife and I said, man, you know, like there's these these, you know, I I wish they would do more. Right. And I said, but I used to be that fan. Right. Like I used to. And it's fine if you are that fan. Like some people want to get their bills coverage from a very uh, high in the sky view. They want to watch the game. It's a break from the regular week work week. It's a break from your kids. You get to hang out with your buddies, whatever, you know, tailgate, order some pizzas. And then they just, they don't want to, you know, they don't want to dive in deep because they've got other things to do. And that's fine. Like there's, I mean, I don't know how many Bills fans there are. Millions, right? I mean, probably. Mm-hmm. Like, so I'm for the most part, most people just want to be at that level, and that's fine. The point that I made and that that my my wife and I were talking about is that's great. But if you're gonna get into a conversation about the Bills on Twitter or on Instagram or wherever it is, and and you're gonna get mad at somebody who really does spend a lot of time you know, doing research and watching film. I mean, you just got to understand that, that it's not, I don't know how to say it. It's not personal, but like we're we're just looking at the bills in a more in-depth way. And And, that's all it is. And, and, and I only brought up that point because I had a conversation yesterday with Bill's mafia all yesterday and I love it. I'm here (laughs) for it at E Daniel 77. You guys see my tag. Come holla at me about Bills football. I'm I'm here for all the takes. But this specific take was about Isaiah McKenzie. And there's too many of you guys in Bills Mafia that's sitting here clamoring for He's probably going to come back because that's what Mookie Hawkins said on our podcast on Monday, that pretty much everyone's coming back. So everyone is telling me that they should sign my Isaiah McKenzie back because he wants you guys think he should be utilized one day. And this is what the Mafia said. This is not what I'm saying. This is what your fellow members of the Mafia are saying because he wants to be utilized more. So I right. asked him, I said, how should he be utilized then? They said, well, we should utilize him more on jet sweeps. I said, jet sweeps? I said, the Bills don't even run that many jet sweeps like that. Well, if they ran more, the offense would be more potent. I said, they were in the number fourth, they were the fourth highest graded offense in the league. Like, how much more potent do you want them to be? Well, if they ran Isaiah McKenzie more on jet sweeps, they'd be more potent. Isaiah McKenzie running on jet sweeps isn't going to take them from fourth highest graded to, like, first, second, or third. You know what I mean? They only yeah. run jet sweeps, like, what, three times a game? Not even that, like, twice? Right. And I, and I said this because look at how the Rams run jet sweeps. The Rams are the most effective team in the last two years on jet sweeps, right? And I said the Rams do not take a, a, a special receiver and bring him in on just to run a jet sweep because that would make you predictable. A coach would catch on to that. You know, and right. I said, look at how they jet run jet sweeps. They either run cup off one or they run woods off one. 
They don't bring a special receiver in to run a jet sweep because, again, like I just said, that makes them predictable. So this whole rationale about Isaiah McKenzie staying with for Buffalo just to run jet sweeps, that doesn't make any sense because he, that, right. he wouldn't justify get, getting a contract that worked. Now, if he was at, now if we were adding kick returning and punt returning to what his other responsibilities oh, are, man. okay. But he's already had an opportunity to do that. And so I'm only saying this and to make a point about you guys love these people as personalities, but you guys don't actually research what they do on the field. And then you guys question the people who actually do research like, oh, what the heck do y'all know? He was mad dynamic. The Miami game, like the Miami game is one game where it was at the end of the season and they gave him his opportunity and he definitely snapped. But what about the Baltimore game? What about the Colts game? What about the Chiefs game? The games that actually counted and mattered. Where was he then? So that's only my only point. You guys, I want y'all to do research on what Isaiah McKenzie actually does on the field to help Buffalo. He's a very <laughs> limited player. He has speed, but speed doesn't automatically equate to you being a great player. Look at John Ross. Look at Tavon Austin. It doesn't equate to you being a great player. And that's the only reason why I bring up you know, that point about you guys don't do research because I've seen this take persist through the offseason. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and there's a – and that's, you know, fan is short for fanatic, obviously. And I think mm-hmm. that there's a, a thing where, well, okay, well, if you're saying that somebody could do better or whatever, it means you don't like them. And I know we like to say this every podcast. I don't want to like, harp on this for too long, but it's not that you don't like them. I, well, I mean, I don't like Feliciano, but whatever. But <laughs> it's not necessarily – it's just that you, you, you study the game more in depth. So c- going off to the Isaiah McKenzie point, they, Andre Roberts is gone. So, mm-hmm. I mean, is this Isaiah McKenzie? Are, are they going to have to – are they going to draft a guy? It doesn't seem like they're going to sign a guy, at least not right now, maybe a month from now. What do they do? Because that's an important position. Here, here's some news. Um, Justin Mello from the Draft Network uh, dropped in my PFF Bills inbox yesterday that they are talking to Avery Williams from Boise State, who is a kick returner, punt returner, and he has nine career – punt return and kick returns in his three years in college and that is that's pretty significant so there you go there the bills are talking to a kick return or punt return for drafting well i mean there you go right i mean I, at least they they know right i mean obviously they know it's not like they didn't know but you know what i'm saying like yeah. i'm so sure they have a plan about it right yeah. right and that's the other thing too is I want people to have a plan you know i don't just want to sign this guy or not sign this guy let him go and then the team's like well I don't know. <laughs> that's that's not ideal. So obviously that's a thing. Is there anything? I mean, the Bills have been. I don't want to say they've been quiet, but obviously they didn't have a lot of money. Uh, you know, they resigned a lot of their own guys. Is there anything you want to mention? Because I know there there's some. The Patriots have signed like everybody. Uh, the Jets have signed some guys. You know, I think we should at least certainly talk about the Patriots. Is there anything else about the, the Bills right now that you, that you want to talk to or we can circle back to it in a little while? Yeah, I just want to uh, bring the moves in totality into focus for the for the Bills Mafia. Um, Aaron Quinn from Cover One, who is my guy, and if he's watching this, <laughs> I want him to preface this by saying that you are my guy. And I want Hi, Aaron, no smoke. if you're watching. If you're watching, I say I want no smoke. I just want to say – I think it was him who said that continuity doesn't matter as much. I think it was him. It was somebody from Cover One. I can't remember who it was, but I think it was well, Aaron. Well, I know Eric had, had a Eric Turner had a tweet about offensive line continuity. 
Okay, yeah, it was um, Eric. My bad. And then my I know bad. there, yeah, I know yeah, there yeah, was yeah. like a, I know there was a thread. Yeah, hi Eric. Hi, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. if you're yeah, watching, it was Eric. Right, right. It was Eric. Eric said continuity doesn't matter. I would highly, highly disagree with you because if continuity didn't matter, why would the Bills pretty much bring back their whole roster? If continuity didn't matter, continuity definitely matters on the old line because you. They do take breakdowns, and they have to watch how the offensive line moves. Like, communication on the offensive line is so vital to blocking and twists and stunts and blitzers. Communication is important. And if you do not have that continuity across the line, that stuff cannot be executed well. So I would disagree that continuity doesn't matter. It does matter, and it value and it's valued by Buffalo. So – yeah, none of the moves that they made are, are are splash moves, but they're continuous moves. And Buffalo will not have to worry about coming out of the gate um, sluggish or lethargic, and they can just go. They can just get go go running, you know. And to my next point, they can also implement this run game now that they have the same old line back. Now that they know what type of scheme they're most effective on, which is zone. And now that Coach McDermott wants to run the ball more and Brandon Bean has expressed that they want to run the ball more, they're going to be able, since they're so... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Continuous. They're going to be able to get that running game correct. So these are great moves. These are awesome moves for them improving the continuity of the team even further and building a culture of success towards winning because everybody is so familiar with each other. I, w- I wonder how fine the line is for that, right? Like their, their continuity is great, but at the same time, at some point, you, you know, you do have to have talented players, right? Like, like they talk about all the time with coaching, you know, like people would say, well, the bills keep firing their coaches and it's like, well, having continuity with Dick Duran really isn't what we were going for. <laughs> you know, it's having continuity with Sean McDermott that we're, is what we're shooting for here. So I wonder how fine the line is, is, is to your point and to his point on the offensive line is continuity is great. But, you know, I, I, you know, at some point, you know, do you and maybe that's something they do next year, right? As you said, work on the run game. They worked on the pass game a ton last year. <clears throat> work on the run game this year run it back more or less on the line. And if there's still a problem, then maybe, you know, next year they've really got to attack the the interior of the line <clears throat> because obviously running it back wasn't the answer. And I, I guess before we move on to the Patriots, it does seem like they're running it back for, for the most part. So what's the solution then? And we'll get into this, I'm sure, in, in training camp and but in way more in depth. But <clears throat> so what's the solution then? How do you how do you beat the Chiefs? And we don't know if they haven't done the draft. Maybe they're going to draft seven defensive backs in the draft. Who knows? But right now, how do you? I mean, how, how are we bridging that gap? I, I'm not sure. What what do you? I mean, what do you think? Or is it too soon? Too soon to make that determination? I have been cited many times on this podcast saying that to beat the Chiefs, you have to get faster on the back end, and that take was said yesterday by 
when the when the Patriots to to go segue into the Patriots when they made all these moves. I said, now you guys are saying that you need more speed on the back end. When I've been saying this since the Chiefs game last year, that they need more speed on the back end. That includes Poyer and High also. They are they are great in coverage. Don't get me wrong. But to, to match up with the Chiefs, that's what they needed to. Number one, they need to get more speed on the back end. You sign Levi Wallace back. You're talking about Dane Jackson competing. I mean, they've had uh, – they've been talking about – Greg Newsom from Northwestern in the draft. Asante Samuel Jr. has been mocked to the Bills. Two fast corners. Greg Newsom just ran a 4-3. So, I mean, there's cornerbacks out there. There's DBs out there that the Bills can draft, even in the second and third round, that's going to give them more speed on the back end. But that's number one, how you beat the Chiefs. Number two is you keep them off the field. And the Bills could not do that. They could not run, uh, execute an effective run game to chew up some clock, keep them off the field, limit their possessions. They were not able to do that. So how do you improve your run game? Like Charlie said, number one, you can bring back your O-line, a continuity of this O-line, and work on your run game in the offseason like they did with the passing game. Or you can upgrade your interior. I mean, who's to say that they still won't draft, you know, guards in the later rounds? Because there's – I mean, this draft is deep with guards. You know, and that's how you improve. You know I mean, you sign Bodiger, you, ten, you uh, tender Bodiger, and you sign back Feliciano, but that's not going to stop me from adding more depth on the old line. So, I mean, there's still more moves to be made, but those are the two key things of how you beat a high-power offense. Match them for speed for speed, and then keep them off the field. And the Bills weren't able to do either one of those, and that that's the formula. That's the formula how to beat them. All right. The Patriots, we're still on Zach Ertz watch. And before we get the Patriots real quick, Obviously, I want to mention our sponsors, Manscaped, DraftKings, Code Brawl. They got some really good deals going on for you guys there. Uh, if you're listening to this on Thursday, uh, the ad, the ad read, the ad reads will be will be in there. I'm gonna, I'll put them in there. The Patriots have signed, as I mentioned, it feels like everybody, and there's a lot of speculation, a lot of trash talk towards Bill Belichick about how this is a reaction to Tom Brady and all kinds of stuff. And, and the truth is, is that their, their roster was trash really. So, but some of the stuff they done to me, is just weird. You know, these two wide receivers they signed, I don't think are the greatest ever two tight ends, which is, it, that's really, really great. I mean, they re-signed Cam, and I guess this doesn't predicate them from trading up for a quarterback or something in the draft. But, uh, I mean, if I'm a Patriots fan, I, I didn't want to see Cam come back. I, I don't know. What do you What do you think of all this? They they made so much, They spent so much money, which is uncharacteristic of them, and it seems like it's kind of all over the place. So, with the Patriots – like you said, they haven't been big spenders in free agency the last couple of years, but I mean their situation drastically changed. So since their situation drastically changed, they had to make drastic moves. I mean, there was reports yesterday that I was reading that the Patriots have been planning this since last year to have this much cap space to make these moves. So they knew they already knew what was up. They already knew that they needed to improve this roster, and that's what they did. Now everyone hates. I mean, they signed Janu, they signed um, Hunter Henry. We start right. there. Those are solid moves. Those are two tight ends that can win against one-on-one coverage and can make plays after the catch. If Hunter, if Hunter Henry can stay healthy, I mean, that is a solid one-two punch at tight end, reminiscent of uh, Gronkowski and Hernandez. Uh, it's clearly what they're trying to do again is recreate yeah. that magic. So 
I, I don't hate any of those moves. I don't hate the money that they got. Again, we just talked about in the last segment, just because a player signs for 50 mil doesn't mean they're going to see all that. So they signed. So they got John who got 31 and a half guarantee, 31 and a quarter guaranteed. And Hunter Henry got 25 mil guaranteed. So that tells me that they are going to be huge cogs in this offense. So I like that. So now we go to wide receiver. They signed Nelson Aguilar. They signed Kendrick Bourne. Nelson Aguilar led the NFL in deep touchdowns last year. He got better. But no one wants to hear that because of what he'd done previously in Philly. And I understand that he was drops a lot in, in Philly. We know this. But he got better. So you have to give him a benefit of the doubt. He can stretch the field. So, I, I mean, I don't hate this signing. It's not the biggest, splashiest signing, but it's another. it's a field stretcher. They have Jacoby Myers, who's a solid slot receiver. They signed Kendrick Bourne. He doesn't suck. Twenty-two and a half guarantee. Twenty-two and a half million. That's a lot, but they doesn't list his how much guaranteed money he's got. And so again, he right. probably is not going to see all that money either. But I mean, I th- I see why they signed him. He has potential to be, you know, really good in my opinion. Um, and then on top of that, what is stopping them from drafting more uh, from wide receivers or drafting other players? You know, they still have draft picks. They're still you know, moving around and, and and acquiring more picks to improve their roster. Who's to say that they won't trade up for a quarterback? They still have more moves to make. You know, they still have more, you know, they're probably going to make a, a splash in the draft. That's what these moves say to me. Like, we're not we're giving big money to these people because they gave big money to Judon too, Matthew Judon. They gave him 56 mil with uh, 32 guarantees. So, you know, they are making strategic moves. The Bills should be worried. And this is a hot take, and so I'm going to say it. So, Charlie, I want your opinion on this. <laughs> All right. I said, I said currently, as the Bills roster is currently constructed, I do not think they have the pieces to match up with them in the passing game currently. You mean in terms the, of Bill- athletic, the Bills matching up with the Patriots? Defensively or the, offensively? Defensively. Defensively. Offensively, there's no question. The offense is straight. I don't even need to talk about the offense. It's the defense. It's the Bills defense matching up with these two tight ends and the speed that they have. And right. that goes back to my other point about them needing speed on the back end. Like, I, currently constructed, I don't know if they could stop Janu and Hunter Henry both. Yeah, you know, I didn't think about that because my first thought when I saw this was you forget that how many guys opted out for them. One of them, McCordy brothers, right? Like Hightower. I mean, they're getting like five defensive starters back from opt-outs. They signed Judon. They still, you know, got Gilmore. I, their defense has the potential. You know, Winovich, they drafted all the, like all these guys, like Duggar, all, all kinds of crazy linebacker safety guys last year, like hybrid defensive ends. Their defense could be a top five defense with the the talent that they've added over the last two years and and with the guys coming back from opt-outs. So for me, I'm kind of like, uh-oh, this is a problem for the Bills' offense in the sense that they've they've got so much on defense. But to your point about the the Bills' defense, yeah, they've got two things. Most teams have one thing that the Bills are horrible at stopping in the passing game. Well, the Patriots have two. That's a problem. And, and and so Brandon Bean says the first thing that they always want to do is win the division. That's that's the first thing they do when they look at the moves that they make. Okay, so then I'm going to I'm a, then I should expect to see you figure out a way to stop two tight ends from the Patriots. You know, is Hamsa in the you know, whoever. I mean, I don't know, but if if you're telling the truth, 
then then we should see corresponding moves from the Bills on mm-hmm. the defensive side, especially the second level and the third level that are going to address this unless th- their thing is, is, okay, well, Cam Newton isn't what he used to be. We can just get to him before he throws the football. Yeah, I, I'm not sure, but I, they got to answer this some, with something. You said even with Cam, though, and, and speaking about Cam specifically, I mean, you think about when the Patriots were great, right? The Patriots had Tom Brady, who was definitely accurate underneath. He could go deep, but, you know, pretty much the Patriots were a dink and duck team, a lot of option routes, a lot of tight ends, you know, making plays across the field, a lot of yak, you know, and they kind of are recreating that. They don't need Cam to be a super deep ball thrower, you know, and, and honestly, if you look at Cam's numbers last year, he wasn't bad on deep throws last year. Look at that deep throw he had the last game against Buffalo. It was it was a pinpoint pass and it was dropped. You know, and I keep I go back and forth with people. I'm like, you guys say that Cam's washed up. You guys say his arm is shot and all this other mess. But it's just like, yo, look at that last pass. Like he has some zip on that pass and he can get it out there. But I mean, when you're constantly when you have nobody that can separate at a high level, I mean, what what do you want him to do? People were saying two years ago that Brady was washed and Brady's arm was shot. All this <laughs> other stuff two years ago with the same batch of weapons. But when Cam get these same batch of weapons, probably worse. Now Cam's washed. Now Cam can't do it. Now we don't. But I mean, you don't. You're not putting talent around him. And obviously, Bill Belichick saw that, and they started to put. They're starting to put talent around him. And now we'll see what Cam can do. And if he looks the same way that he did last year, then then all right, we have a conversation now. But now, but if you can't devoid a quarterback of high end of high end weapons and expect them to produce at the same level, which is why Tom Brady went to a place where they have all high end weapons across the field. And look how much better Brady looks. He led the NFL in, you know, turn in uh big time throws, which are throws of twenty plus yards or more after you guys were saying his arm was shot. So something has to give, you know, something has to, you know, make these moves. Something has to correspond to these moves. So speaking about Cam specifically, man, let's see how he looks when he now he has, you know, better weapons around him. I'm not advocating for Cam. I'm just saying you can't sit here and accurately judge him when they don't have many guys on the field that can create plays on their own or create a lot of separation. Yeah, that that's fair. And I think one other thing that, that has happened, I think, late last night and then today, which has to do with the AFC East, at least partially, is there's been a lot of really weird I don't I don't know weird but the Q, quarterback market has been goofy. I it's like all kinds of guys were were signing in the last 24 hours and all this news is coming out the Dolphins signed Jacoby Brissett which is I guess Tua insurance which is you know I mean I, I guess that's almost a different conversation of how do you feel of how they're they're handling Tua. There's a lot of stuff, you know, is Deshaun Watson going to be moved? You know, what what's going to happen with Sam Darnold and the Jets? You know, the Jets made a couple couple moves that I don't think they're going to, you know, make, make them really that much better. But they're trying, obviously, they're trying to support a young quarterback, whether that is Sam or, or Justin Fields or Trey Lance or Zach Wilson or, you know, Sam Englinger, maybe, <laughs> whoever <laughs> they, they, they draft. What are your thoughts about the whole, you know, the quarterback market? Watson, Wilson too is upset. All these guys are upset, and 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 then you know, I, and the destination, at least for Watson, seems seems to be Miami or New York. So there's a lot of weird stuff going on this year. Yeah, uh, the quarterback market is definitely what I, 
I wouldn't say it's heating up, but you know, it, it's definitely been weird and, and and quirky these last couple of days. Um, Russell Wilson was not happy in his current situation, and he was about to be traded to the Bears, but the Bears didn't have enough, and they knew they didn't. They they knew they didn't have enough when the Bears Andy to make Dalton, move, baby. Hey, listen, listen. <laughs> I, not to get off the st- off track, but Andy Dalton <laughs> is not a a starter, but he's most certainly an upgrade for Mitchell Trubisky. I'll say that much. You can say what you want about him, he a backup or whatever, but who they didn't have any other options that were going to be adequate. And at least Andy Dalton will at least be able to get you I don't know. I think he could have I think he could have did better than um Mitchell Trubisky in that playoff game. I think so. Oh, but, I think uh, he's I don't, better yeah. than better than Mitch. Yeah, I yeah, I, would I mean, so uh, you, you guys are crying about he's a backup, but I mean they didn't have any other options. And then uh Watson, as far as Watson goes, I mean, I'd be fighting like hell to keep him in Houston, and that's what they're doing, and they should be doing that. You know what I mean? I know he said he's not coming back, but they should be fighting like crazy to keep him there, but it just doesn't seem it's going to work out. So the draft is more than a month away, so I'd be working hard to get the biggest trade package I could possibly get. But he had came out and said today that the only teams he wants to play for are San Francisco and Denver, which I like. I mean, if he went to both those teams, I'd <laughs> – I like that. Yeah. But um, I mean, that's weird, yeah. right? Like, like, cause he was saying, I th- maybe this is a false, but he was saying he wanted to go to Miami and now it's San Francisco and Denver. And- I mean, people, people were reporting that he wanted yeah, to go to Miami. No, yeah. Just, I mean, I don't think he said that. Like people were like prognosticating like, Oh, he might want to go to Miami because he could start over tour or something like that. But he finally right. came out himself and said, Hey, I only want to play for San Francisco or Denver. Denver has a bevy of weapons. And if they ever got a quarterback, that was halfway better than uh drew lock they'd be mm. dangerous and, and we yeah. already know what's yeah we already know what's up with san francisco and kyle shanahan and that system oh man and the bevy yeah. of weapons that they have so we know what's going on there but to specifically speak to the jacoby Brissett signing somebody actually in, inboxed me yesterday and because t- i said that i put starter with question marks when they signed jacoby Brissett, and i'm right there with you charlie i'm like that tells me that if Tua start that BS that he did was doing last year, Brian Flores is not going to hesitate to yank him out of there. He did it twice last year, mid game. Now, mid game, he yanked him, so he ain't going to hesitate to do it now. And Jacoby Brissett going to have to be ready, literally every game, like he's going to start. I know that's what the adage is all the time, like a mm-hmm. backup should prepare like the starter. But sometimes you know that when you're going to get in and when you're going not. But this time, Jacoby Brissett has a realistic shot to play on a week-in, week-out basis. And so that one-year deal for him is like, yo, be ready because I could yank Tua out at any time. And this lights a fire under Tua. I'm not using that fact that he was a rookie and all that other mess that everybody want to use to give his excuses. There's plenty of quarterbacks that was good. Joe Burrow was good before he got hurt. He was a rookie. Justin Herbert had one of the best rookie seasons in, in the NFL history. So that with the worst O-line in the league. So, I mean – I'm not using the fact that he was a rookie as an excuse. So, I mean, this quarterback, it's, it's, it's been weird. This quarterback market's been weird, man. Imagine being a Miami fan, right? And and you hear, all you hear about is Tua, Tua, Tua. You draft Tua, right? And then, like, he does okay. But then he's getting pulled for Fitzpatrick and all kinds of weird stuff. And I, I my personal thing is you just leave him in there, let him learn, like, I don't know. You you tried to make the playoffs and you failed because you didn't want to leave Fitzpatrick in and you wanted to play Tua, but then all of a sudden you wanted to play Fitzpatrick again. And then you're going to say, well, 
winning breeds whatever. Well, not if he's not in the game. <laughs> I mean, like, if he's not in the game to experience those moments, how much is he really learning? So I think that Flores is kind of mismanaging the situation. But imagine being a Miami fan and and you're getting a first. And then oh, what happens if they trade for Watson? And now, you know, all you spend a first round on Tua. Now you're trading multiple, at, at least three, it sounds like, for Watson. I mean, that's I, not that you'd be mad that you had Watson, but what a roller coaster of a ride for Miami fans. Just, you know, you, you get the guy that everyone tells you you want, and then the, the guy can't stay on the field. You know, and you're looking at Herbert like, man, why didn't we, we draft that guy? Right. right. You know, like. I don't, I, don't, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility to expect what Herbert did out of uh, Tua. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. I mean, he has a better team around him than Herbert has. Herbert literally had the worst O-line in the league. They are going to rebuild that O-line. They have already signed two O-line pieces. They can only go up from here, but, you know, Tua's line was actually a little bit better than than Herbert's line. He has better weapons holistically. I mean, I know they have a high-end receiver in Keenan Allen, and Hunter Henry wasn't really on the field like that, but you know, Tua for the most part had a better team than Justin Herbert, so it's not out of, it's not far fetched to expect him to play better. And like I said, I'm not using that fact that he's a rookie as an excuse. You know, the speed of the game goes the same for everybody. You know, he's came from a good program in Alabama where they were playing with nothing but pro talent. That's kind of was the knock on Tua is like, yo, he had all this pro talent mm-hmm. around him. You know, so that's why he's looking the way he looks. So let's see how he look when everybody on the team isn't a pro. You know what I mean? Or everybody yeah. on the team isn't a first round pick. You know, so Tua's Tua's gonna have to show improve next year, and I'm Brian Flores is making moves, and I know Brian Flores is gonna always make the move that's best for the team, whether that's mid game, after the game, yeah. before the game. He gonna <laughs> right. make the move yeah. that's gonna make them competitive, man. And, and I don't think Buffalo should be worried about the Dolphins, but I mean Brian Flores is gonna put them in a position to win. No, I, I don't think that it's something. If, if they could stabilize quarterback position, then sure, that's a concern. But as of right now. And they've done a few goofy things themselves. But I wanted to get to your just talking about offensive line. And I was stunned. And maybe, you know, I'm not a Chiefs insider, but I was stunned when they cut their tackles. You know, and now they've obviously chosen to revamp the interior of their line with Joe Tooney, Kyle Long. But but I was kind of just really surprised. My understanding, I know he, he was hurt, is that Mitchell Schwartz was uh, – wasn't he the highest graded tackle as per PFF? I, I know he what well, he was as, for a while. I don't know if I know. Like I said last year, I hurt. But cutting both your starting offensive tackles after you won a Super Bowl one year and then went the next year—that's that's a bold move. It is, it is, and it isn't. Like they're both coming off, you know, horrendous injuries. Eric Fisher came off an Achilles. Mitchell Schwartz came off of uh, ankle, I think. Yeah, yeah, something with his leg. I know that. Yeah. I don't know exactly. So, I mean, they drafted Lucas Niang from TCU last year, so they kind of they might have foresaw this. And like you said, they've already revamped their interior, which means to which tells me that they're probably gonna run the ball more next year. They run a, the most RPOs in the league by a mile, so I can see that being the next evolution. They just let Damian Williams go too, so they did that, and I can see them drafting the tackle. You know, there's a, this is a tackle-rich draft. There's a lot of tackles in this draft, so I can see them doing that too or, or signing somebody. Um, but it's not out of Roman possibility. I mean, this is a year where if you're cap-strapped in any way, like, you, you're going to have to make the <laughs> tough moves. Like, look at the Titans. The Titans cut Adoree yeah. Jackson after drafting him two years ago. And he's not a bad corner. He was just hurt. No, 
No, I don't. You know, I, and, yeah. And so, I mean, you just got to make these tough moves. They restructure Chris Jones's contract. They restructure Mahomes's contract. They restructure Kelsey's contract. Like they're trying to they're trying to make moves, and I, and I, and I commend them that they're big players for you know, like wanting to win and wanting to you know move their money around to to get better players, but. Sometimes that's just what it comes down to when everyone's pretty much cap strapped this year, except for like three teams. So you're gonna have to make them tough decisions. But I mean, letting both your tackles go, those are the two most valuable positions on the O line. And the fact that they let them go, they must have a a plan in place that we don't know about, obviously. But like I said, Lucas Niang is probably in that plan because they drafted him yes last year, and so they're probably gonna draft one of those top end tackles too. So I mean, the Chiefs know what they're doing. I always got faith in Andy Reid. You know what he's doing. The Chiefs are always gonna yeah. be there just because they got they got a solid front office, solid coaching staff. So they'll they'll be right there. So it looks like to me, and we've talked about this as a fan base a lot, is that obviously Brandon Bean is very good at really going into the draft with not many super pressing needs. Like he he makes it on himself so he almost can take best player available. Not quite, but it's close to that sort of a situation. To me, and I think the one glaring need – right now is what you talked about defensive backs. I mean, that's kind of, I, I know we might be another guard and, and certainly we, we've talked about the upgrade at tight end, but I think to me, the one sort of glaring need is, is cornerback safety, whatever you want to call that in, in the draft. So where do you see right now? I mean, I know you're a big believer in that anyway, but it's setting up where they really could, take two or three of these guys if they if they wanted to what do you see the draft looking right now for the bills this is what i'm gonna i'm gonna give bills mafia my dream scenario this is my dream scenario (laughs) all right all right the bills take pick 30 they trade back get two second rounders and a fourth rounder take two corners and a guard and in rounds two and three. So they take, let's say, they've been looking at Ify Malafalu. I think that's how you say it, from Syracuse. Yeah. They've been looking at uh, this kid, um, Darren Hall, from San Diego State University. He'll be there later in the draft. But let's say they take a high-end quarterback, take Asante Samuel Jr. So those are two of the best. Uh, they should take three, at least two of the best corners in this draft because they, they can be put in a position to do so. And then and when you get with your, with your third-round picks, I think – do they have two two third round picks? I'm not sure, but they have. I a think third they round just pick. have one, and I know they don't yeah. have a fourth, right? They they don't right. Have a That's fourth. what I'm saying. That's why I say if they trade back, they can get a fourth. Take a guard. This is a guard rich draft. Take a guard, and you'll be happy. And then they should just take BPA the rest of the draft. Take the best pass rusher available. Even take the best running back available. I won't even hate that <laughs> later in the draft. Not first or second round. So my dream scenario is that they trade out of 30, get more second round picks, get a fourth round pick, and just eat off of these later round picks because they don't have to get, you know, blue chip guys. They don't need a blue chip guy. But they can get blue chip guys in the second round. Like I said, Asante Samuel Jr., Greg Newsom, uh, Ify Malafalu from Syracuse. They can get right. these good high-end players later in the draft. And everybody's like, well, you got to take somebody in the first round because, you know, these these are blue-chip players and you got to get them. But you don't, though. You don't. Tom Brady was a seventh-round pick. You can clearly get value, Hall of Fame-level value, 
in the seventh round. And the Bills have shown the Bills Mafia that they can hit on these later draft picks. Dane Jackson's a seventh round pick. Right. Levi Wallace is undrafted. You know what the, I mean? Uh, so, the two tackles. I know this is going back a little while, but yeah. the two tackles in Green Bay when Brett Favre was there, Tosher and uh, what's his face? They were both seventh round picks. Yeah. So you can find value in a draft. You don't have to go for the sexy names all the time. And I'm sure Brandon Bean and his scouting staff have done their their homework and their research, and they see these gems. They they see them. So trading back in a draft, especially when you're in a position like the Bills are, even if you weren't in a position like the Bills are, if you're not taking a quarterback, you should always trade back. Trade back and get more opportunities. So that's what the Bills should do. Trade back out of 30, get more opportunities, get more good players, sure up that back end, sure up that line, get some depth on that line, and then if they take a, a couple edge rushers, I'd be happy with this draft. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that's the thing, too, that I think slips under the rug for me. Edge rusher. Uh, you know, I, I mean, Mario Addison wasn't as bad as as, <laughs> as I sometimes say he was, but wasn't as good as I hoped he was. So they certainly have some sort of sneaky depth needs, I, I guess yeah. might be the best way to say it as it comes to the draft. And I think they did about as much as they can do in free agency. I know that there's always a, a restructure around the corner, but at, at some point you kind of run out of guys to, to go to. Um, so is there anything else you want to cover uh, before, we, before we get out of here and, and tell the people where they can find us on Twitter and all that? Is there anything else uh, you want to talk about? I think we I think we covered all the moves that are Bill specific, and I think as a Bill's podcast, Bill centric podcast, we covered <laughs> all of the all of the Bill specific and Bill centric moves. And like I said, Bills Mafia are in a great position, as you just said, Charlie. They've done pretty much all they can do in free agency. I mean, they they can't give top dollar and get a blue chip guy. All those guys are gone, unfortunately. Um, maybe they make a play on Kyle Rudolph if this Urch thing doesn't go through. So that's probably the next move I'm looking for is that tight end move. Or maybe they just stick for one in the draft. I mean, Hunter Long from Boston College is a solid option. Brevin Jordan from Miami is a solid option. Trey McKitty from Georgia is a solid option also. So they can find another tight end, you know, in the draft. But that's kind of what I'm I'm looking for. I'm looking forward to the draft and seeing what they do. Like I said, if they trade back, if you see them trade back, then that would be a great, great draft for the Bills. Yeah, I'd love to see them trade back. I'm I'm a trade back guy. Yeah. So I'm um, I'm all for that. All right. Well, where can uh, the mafia find you so they can they can discuss generational running back talent with you? <laughs> <laughs> Don't come in my DMs or my mentions <laughs> talking about generational running backs. I will destroy you. Anyway, <laughs> you can find me at edaniel77. Like it says right there on Twitter. That is where I'm the most active. But I'm also on Instagram at Mr. Ham and Turkey. I'm also on Facebook uh, at Ernest Daniels. So you can um, interact with me there. But if you want to get instant and immediate reactions from me and immediate takes from me at E Daniel 77 on Twitter is the place that I will be. And also I run the PFF bills page for PFF. So please go follow that. If you're not following it right now for all bills, stats, grades, and bill specific articles. All right. With that said, you can find me on Twitter at Charlie underscore gross underscore. We would like to thank everyone for listening. And if you're listening to this podcast on Thursday, you missed us going live on YouTube. 
on Wednesday night when we recorded this podcast. Obviously, the video is up there if you want to go watch it now. We are part of the Bills Brawl at Bills Brawl, which is part of the Brawl Network. We encourage you to check that out. That is awesome. Also, if you could help us out and like, rate, and review the podcast. Um, also, come on to this YouTube channel, comment, like the video. That's how the YouTube algorithm works. And same thing for the podcast. Getting reviews and ratings on the podcast is how other Bills fans find the Bills Brawl. So that's really important, and we really thank you for taking the time to do that. We are probably going to be broadcasting on Facebook in the future as well. I just didn't have a chance to set up the Facebook page. I was working on the YouTube page. And with that said, Bills Mafia, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Find a way to embrace your growth mindset. And as always, trust the process. Best in the AFC, all the praise of Brandon Bean. You hear Sean McDermott clapping while I'm snapping. Do you? Jerry Hughes will get the sack soon as you snap it. Yeah. Andre Roberts running back, ain't no just backing. Mafia, we on a ride and we got traction. We got Beasley, we got Diggs. Uh, McKenzie, make you miss. Dawson Knox with the stiff arm, treat opponents just like his. Feliciano, Deion Dawkins, block defenders like the fence. Hey. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.